Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ewan Patterson. Hello. And Rich Hudson. Hello. And E3 hype is upon us, but before we get to all the different things that we've prepared to talk about for uh, the next couple of weeks' event, let's just talk about Modern Warfare, because that reveal just dropped last night and we have many things to say. We were talking about it before recording, but what are your initial thoughts? So far, um, so I think I'm a lot. I'm, I'm I'm very much like you guys on this. I was very <laughs> Call of Duty to me is meant to be 90s military fiction, Michael Bay esque spectacle. Mm. It's meant to be really like just stupid and over the, the rock and, and very action oriented. And obviously, it's still going to be that. But the vibe I got from this trailer was <laughs> very much we're going to just do no Russian the entire game and try and make a statement. And I have no confidence in that team to make the <laughs> statement that they they think they might be making with that because you've got terrorist attacks in Piccadilly. They've got literally their own version of the white helmets from Syria there, chemical attacks. Mm -hmm. I... Because they have... Yeah. I mean, uh, Rich, obviously, will get to use stuff. They, yeah. um, they've... they've touted this as a reimagining of the original sort of modern warfare and they seem to just be kind of picking and choosing different things that represent what modern warfare once represented last decade um, but they've invented a fictional Middle Eastern country yeah they? yeah so it's meant to be a stand-in for Syria so uh -huh. in, in the first modern warfare when you invade it's meant to be like the, an unnamed Middle Eastern country but it's very much an analogue of Iran right. and uh, they're doing the same thing with this one except mm -hmm. it's very clearly Syria like you have footage of the white helmets who are a real group in mm -hmm. Syria who rescue people kind of getting stuck in bombings and stuff then you have the, the, the image of the chemical attack which obviously will conjure images of Assad's attacks in Syria from like a few years back so it's very it's definitely leaning more into those real world elements but to me no one played Call of Duty for, for those that's sort, the, yeah, that sort of that sort of yeah. grittiness. I mean, the closest you got to gritty mm -hmm. in Call of Duty was at the end of uh, World War Two, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. had a very poignant, yeah. very powerful. Um, representation of the aftermath of the Second World War and mm. I thought that was actually really interesting but going the approach of thank you for reminding me Six Days in Fallujah approach mm -hmm. that could lead to a lot of controversy especially since Six Days in Fallujah didn't even release well the thing that like because they've like they've sort of got this whole thing where if you you read the people who have seen the, like the different I think there's been hands on with some code so far or whatever there's, there's a write up of the story as it seems so far and you do have half the game where you're playing is like you know the standard soldiers from the original games and they also have this whole like rebel freedom fighter faction and they want you to play as this other character called Farah um, who's like a young child and her uh, house gets stormed by these Russian soldiers um, and then she has to grab a screwdriver to kill a soldier you sort of do a stealth 
sequence about five or six times to get enough hits on this guy to kill him and then you go out in front and you kill more soldiers and you're like you get used to killing sounds like the boss it sounds like uh, the David it is like, yeah, it's like, of us it's it's all, say, yeah, or like a Metal Gear 4 boss or something yeah because the way the, the writer framed it was if it was a prequel which makes you think of the Russian invasion of Afghanistan and mm. it's like well are you too it, it, it's weird it's like they're trying to it's almost like Ubisoft syndrome if you think about it. It's like, no, oh, that- our games are political. Well, obviously setting them in a political context. So you've got yeah. an analogue for Afghanistan potentially mm-hmm. here with the Russian invasion, but they're not calling it. I mean, if you've got, yeah. if you've got the inevitable voice line in a loading screen from the president of the United States at the time, it's going to be some horrendous <laughs> yeah. Trump character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe the reason they've done this is because they got sued for all the, uh, was it Noriega stuff from Black Ops? Maybe if they're just like, let's yeah. do a rock star and just have like yeah. fake names for everything. And um, we can but it's very it weird. It's like, it's like trying to have their cake and eat it, basically. It's like the, they can't decide whether they want it to be full gung-ho badass, which is what it really should be. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's playing yeah. Call of Duty. To, but I, I, yeah. like, I like the sort of taking it a little bit more seriously than mm. before, whereas like in the Black Ops game specifically, mm. we've had all the dumb like emotes and all this sort of brightly that's coloured. True. I mean, I think brightly coloured, um, that's not always a bad thing in terms of like the map design, but mm-hmm. just like generally they kind of make it a bit too lighthearted in my yeah. opinion. That's yeah, they had a lot of... stuck with me so much. Yeah, a lot of that. Like, it's for the kids. Like, here's but, your, let's you be know. honest, overall, I'm, I'm quite excited to see where they're I'm going. definitely going to mm-hmm. play. I'm definitely popped for seeing Captain Price. Like, I'm, I'm oh, here, yeah. I'm here. Yeah. He's, such a, he's such a good character. I mean, it makes so. perfect sense for Activision to do this because it's mm-hmm. going to have the draw again because yeah. people are having those proper vibe flashbacks to 2007. Yeah, we, so. we do sound a little bit negative on it, but I think it's worth balancing those things out because yeah. there it's, is a lot to look forward to We're going to be critical as anything. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so, okay, so we all um, picked five different things for the upcoming E3 that we are excited for. Either it's a game or it's an announcement, just wish fulfillment, whatever. Um, or everything goes. So we don't have any repeats. We all have different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I'm going to throw down is Death Stranding. I literally just want to see more Death Stranding and I know that they're going to do gameplay and stuff we've got the release date for November the 8th um, I just want to see more of it I want to see it being played I do you think we're going gonna... yes, <laughs> to see more of it I, I hope after so an I mean... after an 8 minute trailer I think they're just going to go okay it's coming out November 8th <laughs> <laughs> we'll that would see be, you then and that's that what would be do. a thing that they could totally do but I think because the trailer was so story heavy and was just so heavy on the like the random messaging and the hints of stuff and the metaphors and whatever um, you can check me and Jules' video out for a full explainer of just what the hell was going on in that trailer um, that leaves it open to do a full gameplay demo and be like here's 10 minutes of actual gameplay here's what you actually need to do Um, because the stuff that they've shown so far is like you have survival elements when you're on land and then you get killed and you get dragged down into a hellscape and then you do more third person shooting and I just want to see more of that stuff just here for mads I'm here for mads I want to see I I mean I said to you Scott as as blasphemous as I've ever played a Kojima game just a a scoundrel Richard I'm kind of intrigued by Death Stranding (laughs) just because it looks so ridiculous Mm. I do think when I watched the trailer I watched it through the first time I thought god this looks really obnoxious oh hell yeah god but obviously I know that's what man, that's man what, lives that's inside what his own does. that's what he does so <laughs> as an entry point to come into a new completely new franchise with that Kojima I wouldn't say jank that sort of um, signature it's, it's, it's style like frivolity behind yeah, yeah, it yeah. Like, it's very impenetrable I mean it's not impenetrable because the metaphor is very on the nose mm. but yeah. you know the whole but that's what I mean like yeah. jumping into Metal Gear just sounds like such a task it's like well, jumping see, into I mean, Kingdom Hearts but like I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by Death Stranding and like I said I need to push my boundaries out this year I would totally say playing, that you could so. you can just leap into a Metal Gear especially the first one on PS1 is still incredible to just pick up yeah. and play um, Death Stranding is absolutely him getting full creative control and a ridiculous budget and it's just it's just unrestrained artistic freedom which I love um, good to you and what is your first pick sir um, Ghost Recon nice points because I'm like again kind of going off from one military fiction to the other <laughs> Tom Clancy inspired that first Modern Warfare game you know mm. in a great many ways you, know, you have very kind of cliche tropes about military fiction um, Ghost Recon might have some Ubisoft syndrome problems uh, coming up ahead because obviously basically you're going to this island to take down uh, this this ex-soldier who has taken control of evil Elon Musk's um, like uh, drones and so, so it's Tom Ka- Tom 
Clancy's just cause then, by yeah. the sounds of it. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Ooh. but yeah. to an island to take down a dictator. That's just, yeah. that's just and, all over. For all of the problems that Wildlands had, like the story was awful, the voice mm. acting was appalling, the gameplay, physics were the, a bit. The, the, phys the, the driving was so bad. <laughs> but actually playing that game mm. with friends, it gave me that tactical need that I that I want from a shooter game. Like I yeah. felt rewarded when I when you planned a move and then you executed it perfectly as a team. That's what I really wanted. And it looks as though Breakpoint is leaning more on those survival elements, more immersion. You know, each time you get here actually matters. You have to bandage yourself mm. up. There's a survival element at play. And I like how if you play it by yourself, you are on your own. But if you have you don't have any AI teammates, mm -hmm. so that means no bad banter. <laughs> and uh, on the upside as well, it means that if you just want to play with you and your friend, make it like almost like the old Splinter Cell campaigns, mm. you could just do it as a two-man mm. thing and just go that way. And the gameplay looks really good. I was really blown away by that first demo. My whole so. thing with that is like the shooting is so solid. I've never actually I never requested a battle royale mode in something, but I was mm. like, come on, the, the the engine is so perfect for it, and everything plays really well and tactfully and everything. And um, this is I'm talking about Wildlands, mm -hmm. but I really wish that they'd given because they eventually did a multiplayer mode, but it's like battle royale would fit so nicely and then for the new one if they've if they've tightened the physics up and just make it a nice weighty third person shooter i know that's what the division's trying to be but there's way more um, options for you in ghost mm. recon like mm. you know the different roles and tactical roles and camouflage and everything um, what do you think of Ghost Recon, Rich? I've not played Ghost Recon, but uh, now, I've, I've been honestly, it's on my it's on my Steam wish list, mm -hmm. and I've got a sale coming up, so I'm kind of tempted when that goes <laughs> out. But like, I, I think with the siege uh, approach of like, let's refine everything, let's give it this ridiculous longevity. I mean, even um, looking up on uh, Wildlands, the last DLC came, came out for it in what March? Yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was just support stuff for you really, well. really recently. And if they can continue that, if they can make kind of like how Siege has become like I don't know when we might see another Rainbow Six game I'm assuming probably not for a long time so mm. because Siege, Siege is doing, doing, doing yeah. so well the, uh, Breakpoint could be that new could be the third person open world Siege clone mm -hmm. and just do its own thing and continue to be supported and honestly I know that obviously it suffers from Ubisoft game syndrome but with a, with a game <laughs> of a service like that that's going to be like here's a game as a service and this is what it's going to be for the next X number of years. Yeah. It's not like, here's a Games as a Service Assassin's Creed game, you'll mm -hmm. have another one in two years' time. Because all I want from Ghost Recon is the ability to play with my friends and have given different scenarios, yep. and you get to basically make your own way to win. And that's why Advanced Warfighter was so fun, because mm. they had a limitless array of uh, co-op-like missions that you could do with your friends. You could do them in different ways. Mm. And um, I want that from a Ghost Recon game. I want to be able to tackle all these different scenarios in a way that makes me feel like an arty-farty kind of like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You play Call of Duty and I'm playing Ghost I think there's, there's a niche to be filled for like a yeah, very militaristic, weighty, like, mm. you know, just really good tactile third-person shooter. And mm. it's like, for me, The Division wasn't that. So mm. I, I'm game to see what else, what else they've got to show. Mm. Rich, what's your first one, sir? Doom Eternal. Yes! Oui. We don't know if that's coming out this year, do we? Baby, I have got <laughs> a good feeling that it's coming out this year. Is that that big sword he's uh, got? Sorry? Is that that big sword that he's got? He's got a nice big sword. He's got a big, big old, big old oh, glowy big old, sword. Big old glowy big old, sword. Big old, big old hell lightsaber. <laughs> um, Bethesda, have been pushing Doom Eternal a lot this year. QuakeCon is coming up so much so that mm. they're doing a little, a mini QuakeCon in London with okay. Doom Eternal playable there. So I'm, I'm game. Well, it sounds like it's pretty far um, along. It's pretty far along, but also one of the things that uh, people have been sending me consistently over the last couple of days, mm. um, do you remember last year uh, in Los Angeles, Bethesda had a big mural painted of the three Vault Boys together yes. to mm. uh, like reveal Fallout 76? That same mural has been used again to paint on Doom. Yeah. I know it's a weird thing to say, oh, that was painted on there and it was released that year. Doom Eternal's been painted there as well. Doom Eternal is the flagship game at Bethesda's E3 conference yeah. and they're not going to show a big old flagship game and then go, 
Oh yeah, I was going to say because there's not a strong chance we'll see Elder Scrolls. This no, year. apparently, apparently they're not showing it at all. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean Bethesda um, really need a win as well. And Doom Eternal at the minute in in their climate, the the biggest win they can get that isn't going to be rushing Elder Scrolls Six out the door or Starfield out the door is Doom Eternal. Yeah, I because think something like my that. God, does that game look amazing? <laughs> I think yeah. you can hold that up, and it's just I mean that was the whole thing with the original one was just like the frame rate was so fluid and it just played just so everything well. Everything about that game is just perfect. Yeah, and honestly, one of the things I'm most excited for about this game not only is the the lovely gory brilliant shooting and everything being wonderful jumping about the place we get a whole new Mick Gordon I was just going to say yeah, to, yeah. and that is just that is one of the best things about it like getting what, excited like, about a new game because we're getting another soundtrack mm-hmm. is a weird thing but it's pretty good though god it works I want to see what fat riffs that man has come up with oh, in the last like two years or three give years give me rip and tear too <laughs> <laughs> rip and continue to tear um, the next thing I've got down is just uh, there's just a Microsoft presentation I just want to see what they do I, um, they, like, the whole thing is that they're ostensibly going to be showing like two new Xboxes the, mm-hmm. the, the one that's for everybody and the one that's the premium edition or whatever whatever um so i'm kind of curious just what the consoles look like i yeah. always like new hardware um but also they have to supplant that with exclusives because they just completely dropped the ball this generation so like you know they, they acquired obsidian and in exile um and we have rumors like george r. r martin's working alongside from software doing whatever their game is um but the thing that goes alongside that is that because sekiro was demoed on a microsoft stage that their new game would then be demoed on this new stage there's also the rumors going around well we kind of wrote them up as rumors but the uh, the idea the wish fulfillment that potentially bungie might announce their new game on a microsoft Microsoft stage because mm. that would look fantastic too. It would make sense because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, Microsoft's is the only stage that isn't tied to a particular publisher mm. except the PC gaming show, but mm-hmm. that's normally reserved for PC exclusive mm-hmm. games. So yeah, Microsoft's conference is probably the most anticipated because going into last year's E3, I think all, all of our expectations of Microsoft weren't very high. No. And they blew it away last year. <laughs> it's so just like they have got the because Sony aren't there, they've got the biggest stage for all of these. Uh, publishers to come mm-hmm. to to show off their new games so mm-hmm. that's really exciting Plus Halo Infinite I was going to say I've got Halo, Halo Infinite. Infinite down I've got Fable which we know is coming from Playground like the Forza devs and stuff it's like they have these old school properties that they can just tick the box on they can be like here's some more Gears 5 mm-hmm. and that's all fine but we need new stuff too yes. they need things for the future um, I just like I said I think that they've just they had a disastrous generation all things accounted for um, and I'm just people want to love I, I think there's enough there that people would tap back into to love they're, they're working Xbox their again. way back out Definitely, mm. especially, uh, I mean, again, even on the PC side, like they've announced the Master Chief Collection for the PC, which mm. I'm really excited for. Mm-hmm. And they've also only the other day revealed that the Game Pass is coming to PC properly. I think that'll get announced uh, for Switch as well. That's re- and yeah, potentially for Switch as well. And that's that's really exciting for Microsoft to announce. So they've mm-hmm. got a very, very good presentation this year, not only on the potential games that's coming, but also, as you said, the consoles, yeah. the services. There's a lot coming from that. They just, they need, yeah, they need to turn heads and they need to make it work. Like it's their show to lose. So I'm just, yeah. I like that. Like in like a Super Bowl style sense. Yeah. I'm like, I want to see. I do how like how they're firing kind of the first shots across the bow for the next generation. <laughs> like I, I've definitely, I was full. I was Xbox up until PlayStation Four. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to mm. see where Especially they could go. Especially since when they did, because they, they announced first last time mm. as well, and yeah. they were absolutely torn to shreds mm-hmm. by Sony. They don't yeah. have that this year, so they have the stage to do not whatever they like. Because I think they, I'm hoping they've learned from their mistakes. Mm. But uh, they, like I said, they've got the biggest platform. They have. Unless Sony point, just yeah. trying to go, oh, here's a state of, pl- state of play of all things with the new consoles in it, which will be a bit <laughs> disappointing, if I'm honest. If they pip them to the post with that, it'll be hilarious. Yeah. You, what's your next thing? Uh, Marvel's Avengers. Yes, Great. good. Uh, after what feels like 
84 years waiting for that <laughs> between the first trailer coming out and them basically posting a tweet an announcement like the, t- yesterday that, uh, yeah, two days ago, that yeah. they're going to show it off at Square Enix's live stream mm. on June 10th I think it is there is some t- information about this yeah. looking like it's going to be a squad based thing you play as four different players I was going to say my, currently my main worry with this game is that it's going to be Destiny but superheroes um, and like they, they've talked about it being a continuous single player there's talk about you know customization my big fear in this is if you say you just want to play an Avengers game and my, mm-hmm. my initial worry was that it was basically going to be another Ultimate Alliance and we were going to have an isometric game when we've already got one coming out yeah, we already have yeah, three, yeah. Um, but now my main worry is you know we have this almost like the gear system from Injustice 2 was great I loved kind of yes. outfitting my characters in unique ways and, and finding different like Batman that looked different um, I could see them doing a similar thing with the Avengers and have a great roster of characters but then you have Raids and it's it the the, the press release mm-hmm. is like a world constantly under threat and obviously you know that's the Marvel universe it is always under yeah. threat but at the same time they could easily spin that into a you are the Avengers and you are just reacting to different threats that happen yeah. all the time and you've got to get and then if you're Captain America and you do this raid at a given time against the Red Skull and you get a glowy frisbee I or mean, something like that and I'm not really down for that I want yeah. something that's you like want, you in want the, the more meaty narrative rather than just a like Spider Man yeah yes, absolutely totally. mm-hmm. Spider Man. PS4, but in with Avengers, and it either switches out characters based on the story, like whatever mission you're doing. Like first, you start out as Iron Man, then you'll do a, a Cap mm-hmm. mission, then you'll do a Captain Marvel mission, etc., etc. That'll be great. I love the co-op element. I want. Yeah. I want. I Abs- desperately, desperately want a co-op superhero game. I think that's fantastic that that's yeah. confirmed. My mm-hmm. only worry is that it is it kind could of be a games of service loot. Grind. Yes. As yeah. someone who plays, because um, after Endgame, I was in such a Marvel mood. So I reinstalled Spidey, and I ended up downloading all the, the most of the uh, the most played apps on Android. Because I was like, I just want a Marvel fix. Yeah. Um, all all of them are the free to play ones with the dailies and the grind, uh, the grinds and the raids and everything. I get that because it's oh, free to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Strike Force, Contest of Champions. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, but because it's and because it's Square Enix on publishing duties, I wouldn't put it past them to go mm-hmm. like we have the biggest property in the world right now. Let's monetize the ever loving f out of it. So I yeah, that kind of has me worried a little bit as well. Um, especially because um, you know even something like the Iron Man tie in movie games at mm-hmm. least scratch the edge a little bit of being able to fly around as Iron Man. Not very well. No, not but, very well. You know, <laughs> very well. Um, but like you could reroute his power to different parts of his suit but there's such a there's it's just so overdue like why isn't there a great Iron Man game why isn't there a great Thor game etc we've got Iron Man VR coming mate as does I oh, don't know <laughs> to be fair the I VR that looks great yeah. that, that does legitimately look great I've heard good, good things yeah. Um, but yeah no Avengers please be good <laughs> <laughs> Rich what's your next one Harry Potter Magic Awakened Ooh. one of the biggest probably unconfirmed things potentially arriving at E3 whose stage do you think it'll be on uh, Microsoft. Yeah, it, won't, it can't be anywhere else. True, unless Warner Brothers <laughs> do. As what everyone's been doing, like in the last couple of days, just revealing something. Now, so you get trailers alongside stuff. Like a yeah. gameplay thing, a bigger thing at E3. But yeah, <laughs> it'll be Microsoft if anyone. The million dollar question with this though, Rich though, because it's set in the 19th century. Set in the late 19th century. Are we going to see the wizards? The wizards. The wizards. The wizards, the wizards clean up. Then They're soiling themselves, <laughs> oh, as J.K. Rowling prophesized uh, the uh, the other month. You know what? There's actually four new e-books coming under the subtitle "History of Magic" Good. that J.K. Rowling has written for Pottermore. Has and she actually like, written them? Oh or she dear! Done... Oh dear! This could introduce <laughs> new bits of law that nobody wants to know. I mean, I I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. Like in terms of gameplay, mm. the idea of being a student choosing your alliance, whether you whether you're good, whether you're bad, going to lessons stuff like that I don't mm-hmm. obviously 
plot-wise, we don't really know where else it's going to go. We just know we're going to be a fifth-year student, en- late entry in Hogwarts, overseen by uh, Professor Elazar Fig and all this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That sounds really exciting, but lore-wise, I am kind of concerned because with the recent um, Wizarding World developments, be it these new books, however they may go, with all the... J.K. Rowling going, look, this character's gay now. Mm-hmm. And and wizards poo themselves, because of course they do. <laughs> and um, also the absolute catastrophic, oh. uh, I don't know, very, you know, sol- a solid fart that was uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm not... <laughs> solid fart. I wanted, I wanted to say... Like poop no, you can't. You can't on the can't YouTube. That you on can't. Podcast. Solid fart is way a, better. A though. Solid fart for this crimes of Grindelwald. Fair. The canon and law kind of side, I'm I am concerned about because I'm, yeah. I am worried that. I mean, there's a there's a huge twist at the end of uh, Crimes of Grindelwald that completely throws the entire canon of Potter completely all hmm. over the place, and I'm hoping to God it's not true. I hope they, they have to try and wind it back, but I'm worried that that's going to happen again in Magic Awaken. There's going to mm. be some massive thing, like for example, oh, you're at you're at the school and and Dumbledore's there as a young teacher, which he might be at this point, maybe. Oh, Dumbledore, the wild uni Dumb- years. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> like Dumbledore, Dumbledore was actually a Slytherin, and he was there right. like slapping bitches and <laughs> stabbing with. No, 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 no. It does make me wonder. Like, I hope that they have uh, JK on hand as a consultant. She will be. She always always has her finger in that pie. And as much as the idea of like, oh, the the law's not going to be taken away from the writer, you think that's a great idea. But at the Mm -hmm. bit's JK rolling at this point in time, and she's completely off her rocker. Dumbledore doesn't Mm. pull up in a carriage and goes, come on, nerds, we're going wizarding. And then just (laughs) (laughs) flies off in a little blue car. In in terms of a game, I am super, super duper duper stoked for this. But yeah, as a fan... And the current state of the, of yeah. the canon of the Wizarding World, I am cautiously optimistic. I forget which uh, which movie tie-in had you just free roaming around Hogwarts. I think was... it was uh, Order of the Phoenix, was right. the first one. I mean, I need Amy here; she knows these games back to front. Um, Still, that's a really I think cool it was Order idea. of the Phoenix gave you an entire Hogwarts to explore, and that is incredible. Yeah. Again, again, on potentially next gen. Don't know when exactly, mm. but like. Even just games now. Imagine ro- walking around Hogwarts with like the art style and the, and the sort of clarity of like God of War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but I, I love like the idea of it. It's really, getting, you can getting, see getting why a, it's so a appealing. licensed title of that kind of scale. Mm-hmm. You don't see it very often. Another thing that's so long overdue as well. It's um, so long overdue. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. The next one I've got down um, is Final Fantasy VII's remake. Now, the, um, the rumors are flying around for this that um, they're going to be showing a, a demo, and apparently we're going to be getting a playable demo straight after that, Ooh. so that they'll um, they'll show whatever the, the latest stuff that they've done is, and then they'll go. And there's also something available on the PlayStation Plus store, kind of what happened with like what happened with PT, mm. um, which I'll do a little backflip for, for many times we, if that's the case. We had the state of play a couple of weeks ago that ended with a Final Fantasy VII thing, which I don't think anyone was expecting because no. expectations for the state of plays are so very low. Well, they keep setting but, dates uh, and then missing them. Yeah, so. but uh, they said uh, more in June the yes. end of the thing so we're obviously getting some kind of um, output from Sony at E3 in some mm-hmm. description because it's the days of play well I think they'll just release over, something alongside over it, the yeah. course of E3 so I'm guessing they might do like a state of play or they'll do an E3 state of play that people can see as being something a little more refined mm. and not just reserved for the chuff that's coming out for the PlayStation as to people who haven't played Final Fantasy 7 what do you guys think uh, I I <sighs> Do you want some cloud? No, I'm just—I don't—I don't care. He's got a gun on his I mean, arm. I, the thing is, like, I—the thing that always put me off about Final Fantasy was the just the, the weird, like, kind of lore. Okay. I, don't, I don't really care for it, and also the turn-based combat. I know Ooh. that's gone with this one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with so, me as well as turn-based. If I can mm. hop into that world in a, in gameplay that I find organic and doesn't kind of mm. break the the pace of the story. Mm-hmm. I might be able to get into it. That, that might be my thing. And that's the thing. I know a lot of people are upset that it's not turn-based, but you I know, I, I guess the main thing to consider is maybe this game isn't for old fans. It's, it's for actually new getting to new here. people into maybe. the lore. Yeah. I think, yeah, I hope that it does that for both. I hope that it... Because the story itself, like, um, there's a whole bunch of translation issues with the original one that they shall ho- they'll hopefully iron out with this mm-hmm. one. But the core message at the heart of Final Fantasy VII is this great, like, you know, like, um, like environmentally friendly message about the, the planet and the sanctity of the planet. Isn't and it depressing and... that that's, that was 20 years ago? Yeah, a little bit. And it's like, but that's that still belongs today more than ever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you can kind of hit like hit that in a way that the original, you had to go digging a little bit for that original one, even though they have literal terms like the planets die in cloud and whatever. So they, they, there's a way to sort of do it. But yeah, what I, what I hope they show off is well, one, I hope we get a release date, um, and two, I hope they confirm the vast majority of the leaks that are going around at the minute, um, because apparently it's been split into two. That even though there was going to be episodic, apparently it's in two halves. So I hope they say something about the first half. Um, you, what is your third thing? Ghost of Tsushima. Ooh, that's uh, about time. We 
we saw more. Yeah, because we got gameplay of it last year as well, and it looks so good. Yeah, I that... want this to be like Red Dead, but with samurai. Yeah. Like it just everything about this. I think it's been my most anticipated PS4 exclusive for a while. Ooh. Like I just everything about it. If they can get the history right, if they mm. can get the the gameplay right, if they can get all this, I just want to learn more. I, 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 we've been given two brief glimpses of it so far, mm-hmm. and everything about it has just been. Yep. <laughs> yep. It kind of looks a bit like um, Sekiro if it was more grounded, like mm. less demons. It's way more realistic. Yeah. Um, and like, I like the idea of a really specific tactile combat yes. system. And like, like it, yeah. Basically, if it can be Red Dead, but for feudal Japan, that, that sounds amazing because mm. I think it's dealing with the Mongol invasion and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, if they can get the history right, because I love history, if they can do that, if they can get the gameplay feeling good, I would love to. I just want to see more. I want to know a release date as well. I yeah. would... I, that I could think be here too. We had two conferences yeah. down appearing, and surely by now it will be. I think about time. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I kind of there are more games coming out this year now that I'm worried about could, <laughs> could like end up making the end of year feel quite congested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Initially, I was like, I want this to come out this year, but maybe early 2020. One thing be a that fascinates me is because obviously we've mentioned a couple of Sony things, and we stayed away from them for the most part. But like the idea is obviously E3 season is this massive time when everyone's searching E3 reveals and you know mm-hmm. game announcements and whatever. Yeah. And I just wonder if you're Sony, do you just release trailers online during that period? Because I think you still can, and I think that's what oh, they'll yeah, experiment that, that with. Will be, that's probably why all of these big reveals that we've had coming up over the last couple of days, like the Death Stranding trailer, mm-hmm. like the announcement of Ghostbusters Remastered, mm-hmm. um, yes. stuff like, yeah, it's <laughs> favourite game. Um, like, they can do that because, yeah, the hype is real, they can just mm-hmm. do it. That's probably why Nintendo saw the potential of just doing a digital direct mm-hmm. thing and just mm-hmm. went, yeah, we'll do that. It saves us a hell of a lot of money, mm-hmm. and it's worked really, really well. We are drastically running out of time. Rich, what is your fourth thing, please? Very quickly, um, we're going back to Bethesda because I remember earlier, either this year or last I think it was this year there was a listing on Amazon under Bethesda's name with a good old uh, film countdown time of thing which everyone mm. looks at and goes oh that looks like Fallout so <laughs> people are thinking we might see a Fallout remaster or another Fallout oh, oh god I'm that was more of a Fallout remaster Fallout yeah. 3 remastered kind of like Skyrim kind of like, yeah. like a yeah. and I know that that's just Bethesda retreading the same ground again like they have with uh, Skyrim for what, mm. the past eight years there was a new Vegas remaster rumour a while back it tends to be nearly every Obsidian, I think Obsidian poo-pooed that very quickly yeah 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 they yeah. did but it's I like I would have loved a new Vegas remaster if I could play yeah. th- Fallout 3 because I did say on the Bethesda podcast you should go and listen to you should um, I hadn't played Fallout 3 and I played a bit of New Vegas but because of the mechanics Ooh. it just doesn't play as well for me like Fallout mm. 4 does but if I got Fallout 3 to play like the gunplay in the combat Fallout 4 one million percent down. For I that. also, I mean, they need to fill. Even if they're doing a really short conference, last time it was thirty-five minutes long. Even if they're filling half an hour, like it's enough room to be like, by the way, we're doing this. At the end of the day, they, they don't have a huge amount that we know yeah. of that's actually coming because apparently they're not hearing about Elder Scrolls Six. We're not hearing about Starfield. We've got Doom, and that's kind of and that's not theirs that's anyway. Kind of it. And Wolfenstein, I say Wolfenstein Youngblood, but that'll be out by the time he. But even then, like their first party stuff, they haven't got anything. Like, no, like no. they're holding up Doom, so, but that's just so, something some, they're publishing. Something is coming at E3, and uh, people are thinking it might be another Fallout game. And to be honest, it would make sense because they're like oh yeah Fallout 76 mm. yeah well, you know mm, that's the side here's, <laughs> here's, a, here's a Fallout game you all know and love it's kind of like in the same way that Activision have gone oh let's do Modern Warfare again mm. yeah like, a little they're bit they're just going to go okay let's, let's make people a bit more happy and just give them Fallout 3 remaster we'll give them that to tide them over for the next couple of years after we get Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6 out of the way and then we'll get Fallout if you put a Fallout on Switch that's, that's Fallout it Fallout 4 on Switch done Absolutely. I was going to say three in New Vegas. I mean, but, I'd yeah. say four. I'd love four on the Switch. I really want to pay through it again uh-huh. and just have it. Just, oh, if they can make Mortal Kombat run on the Switch, ish, they can probably make. Uh, they make Fallout Skyrim run as well. on the Switch. They can make Fallout. Yeah, exactly. On the uh, my number four is just a very quick one, which is Onimusha Five. And um, the Onimusha series hasn't been around for so long, and then Capcom were like, "By the way, we're remastering the original on Switch." And people like me went, "Bah!" Because does that mean that you're caring about Onimusha again? Because for the <laughs> longest time, bah! I'm a huge fan of Onimusha, um, which came out of um, a whole bunch of. 
experimenting times back in the early 2000s when Capcom were like, okay, what can we do with the Resident Evil engine? Mm. Um, and they, you know, they did Devil May Cry and Resident Evil 4 went off in a different direction. And then we got Onimusha as well, which was at the time this isometric, you know, kind of horror slash with action game. And I still totally recommend the original if you grab it on Switch as well. Um, it's quite short, but, you know, it's had this whole like kind of Sekiro style, like demonic Japanese kind of feudal Japan sort of look. Um, and it just played so well. And I just, I they, they went so high with that franchise. Like Onimusha 3 had Jean Reno. Um, I forget what you call the uh, the other dude who was in that but that franchise used to really mean something to Capcom and I just hope that the remaster means something well I mean Capcom are obviously doing very well for themselves at the moment mm. especially with the remaster so doing another big series would make a lot of they, sense yeah they also I forget the name again I forget the name of the guy who was asked but one of their CEOs was asked about the future of Onimusha and he just said we're always exploring potential avenues or something like that and which just, is a generic response no. but I'll take that as a potential so just give me a logo give me give me anything give me Samanosuke walking around just give me anything at all I think there's there's certain people on this earth listening to this podcast that are younger than Onimusha but I don't care I want more <laughs> Onimusha but yes you and what is your final one the, I was going to do the oh sp- no you're number four please yeah, yeah I was going to do the uh, Splinter Cell night vision Splinter Cell with big bad Michael Ironside back in yep. the lead role or Sam Fisher I mean I sh- I, I'm so tired I, I just I just want to I, just, I don't know why come, it's not here just, it's been, it's been what was Blacklist 2013 so, yeah. yeah 2013 Six and like years. that was arguably one of the, that's up there with Chaos the new that's right next to like, it it's, me, yeah. it's, it's a fantastic stealth action game and uh, the fact that after we had that tease in Wildlands they got Ironside back to reprise yeah. the role and you know he was going on the record talking about like all his health troubles afterwards mm-hmm. I think it would be so good if he came back to Splinter Cell in a proper fully fledged action title that is or stealth title that's just like you know it's it's, it's everything that Blacklist was yep. just give us more Blacklist because there are so many story threads of that game left mm-hmm. off as well and you know it it, it really does frustrate me that we've Same. had like in the space of Blacklist coming out we've had two Watch Dogs games and two Division games who for and like it's oh, yeah. it's you know it, Splinter Cell is literally one of UB's like biggest series. flagship yeah. franchises and the fact that it's not been around for this period of time is a joke just well, you, well you might be in luck because mm. Ubisoft's conference is already starting to sort of plan out as to what we're going to get we're going to mm. get a big dancing panda to announce Just Dance 2020 at the beginning Good. hell's yeah looking forward to that yes. um, <laughs> but we've already heard about Ghost Recon Breakpoint mm-hmm. Beyond Good and Evil 2 won't be there it's been confirmed it's not appearing at E3 well that's so okay. they want you to stab me in the Maybe. heart we'll get, we'll get, I'll get matey from um, what's it from Trials to come out and knock down some tables again yeah that, that didn't make me want to shoot myself when that happened <laughs> but there is definitely a big old glaring hole mm. in Ubisoft's conference mm. right now we might see some more Starlink we might see another Mario mm. Rabbids game we might see them team up with Nintendo Assassin's again Creed for something Vikings was leaked as yeah. well. Assassin's Creed yeah maybe just, just knock but the lights I out I think Splinter Cell would wear yeah knock the lights out knock the lights out, out. Wait, do oh, the noise yeah, yeah everything's black and then all just, you need boing. yeah and the three lights on the screen that's all you need and I don't even just, care if you don't say anything or just that. do that and then that's where the conference ends yeah. that's <laughs> all people need yeah. in the same way that when they said we're working on the Elder Scrolls 6 here's the logo bye that's all they needed to do I just need to know that it's coming and it's like yeah that thing with Michael Einstein when he was on the GameSpot interview and they were like oh you're doing this DLC does that point to something else and he was like well I can't see mm. and it's just like well you know, maybe and I talk like Michael Ironside and so like that was his thing and it's like well that seems like something else you know more irons in the fire and it's Ironside's in the fire and it's just like at this stage it's been rumoured and talked about and you know there's always something every year where it's okay this year maybe and it's like just come on mm. anyway Rich what's your fourth one please? I'm going to channel my long luscious red hair and say Cyberpunk 2077 <laughs> I'll just not lay in claim to Cyberpunk 2077 I will also claim this I mean, you I'm channel also, your I'm, beard, sir. I am also excited for it as well. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward to jumping into a CD project game mm. because I do own The Witcher 3, but I have not played it. Oh, play it, Rich. Um, but the idea of a big old first-person <laughs> RPG, that makes me excited. Like, yeah. after playing Fallout 4, it's why I'm excited for Outer Worlds as well, even though Epic Store moving on. Um, 
like Cyberpunk just looks incredible. They have said that so. they're going to be showing new gameplay sequences. Um, that like because they had that whole demo at last E3 that only the press got to see initially, and then it was a Twitch stream. And then this thing, they said that they are demoing it. They have new gameplay to show off. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's all we've got. I'd like so to see it, more combat yeah. because there wasn't a huge amount of combat showing mm. off. It was more the interacting with the world than that mm-hmm. 48 minutes of gameplay we got. Um, but I think I, do you know what? If we end E3 this year with release dates for the big three, which are Death Stranding, Last of Us, and Cyberpunk, that would be incredible. I, th- I think Last of Us, like, I don't think Sony will do anything for Last of Us, but with Death Stranding somehow doing the impossible and coming out in November, then maybe Cyberpunk. I think Cyberpunk will be another big, because we, mm. you know, in the same way, like, the, last year we had really big releases all coming up together at the, mm-hmm. that little, little bunch of time. I think adding Cyberpunk to the list. Yeah, it's going to be Cyberpunk, a very busy like, end of the year, but I'm totally down for getting Cyberpunk. Yeah, it, that was early next year. That was initially mentioned back in 2013. So CD Projekt have, have been bouncing around the idea of Cyberpunk for so long that they must have done most of the bulk of development on PS4 hardware, even if they got the PS5 test kits early. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the PS5, the, the whole thing with that is that it'll be backwards compatible and whatever. I think, but it has to I think be, we know it's going to be one of those um, continuing over games. But yeah. then again, if, if the PS5 is backwards compatible as it has been supposedly is, they wouldn't need to release it. That's what I'm thinking, though. I think primarily it's... PS4. Maybe you can download an assets pack if mm-hmm. you're playing on PS5 mm-hmm. to make it even even nicer, like a HD texture pack. Mm-hmm. I think those like, things point to it coming down for that. maybe later this year, yeah. or at least before I'm, the PS5. I want to see more Cyberpunk. I'm happy to just look to see more, but I would also <laughs> like a release date. Yeah, even same. if it is like February next year, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just want to know when to expect it. Just give me some a vague window. Yeah. And um, the last thing I've got down is the uh, the Switch getting full backwards compatibility with the SNES N64 and Game Boy Advance games. Hell. Game Boy Advance. Yes, because that's those were awesome. I know because <laughs> those things were all on the Wii U. They used to have the whole virtual console set up and you can just go on there play Super Mario 64 play Minish Cap Zelda Minish Cap do whatever you want all those things were available and then they just got rid of them for the Switch and I don't know why I think the only reason that they did monetization. it monetization but they can't they can't monetize what's not there like there's nothing well, I, mean, I don't no, know why they, they can it. roll out slowly with well, the online pass which is what they've done with that's the what I think so I've already bought off yeah too so they have like they have the monthly Nintendo Switch online pass where you, you pay whatever fee it is but you only get NES games mm-hmm. and genuinely 99% of them are terrible like they're just they're just too old like, like you can go back to Super Mario you can go back to Kirby but you're not going back to five minutes you get a nostalgia kick yeah like like, oh this is bad and it's just like this service is just begging like one monthly fee for access to Nintendo's archives is the most valuable thing in gaming history and it's stupid that they're not doing it why restrict something that so many people would want and put mm-hmm. it on the platform and leave it on the platform that nobody bought. Yeah, where the exactly. Switch has been such a success. Like, if they turn around and said, hey, you can, like, here's every game you could ever possibly get for, like, a five or a pop, mm-hmm. like, they'd make a killing. They could charge, like, 20, 30, whatever. I don't care. I mean, if I you have access to that, then... incredible. Just, but, yeah, give me yeah. something that lets Just me g- play... G- give me Mario Kart Double Dash on the Switch. Yeah, give me everything. You and sir, what's your final one? <laughs> I got, I got to get it in. <laughs> Batman Arkham. Oh, oh god, yeah. yeah, that's another overdue yeah, thing. You thought, you thought I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> I didn't say it anyway. Um, just give me what one of those, what one of those ones you Just tell me, tell me what you're doing right now. Tell me, because I want to know. I'm yeah. going a little bit insane thinking about. Oh, Rocksteady's still alive. I mean, Rocksteady are, but Warner Brothers they are as well. But yeah. they're, they're working on two different things. They're working on Magic Awakening, mate. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, I just want. I just give me a sequel to Arkham Origins. I don't, I'm, just, I'm the Origins truther here because like Arkham Origins like it's like the best it's what it's you know what it's the best entry in the Arkham series like people are there talking about like, like Arkham Knight and like Arkham Cities and your Arkhamist Arms I, I, I like them all except Knight but Origins is incredible and like I want to see that story and I, I've been so excited since Pat Redding came on board to that project because he mm-hmm. helmed uh, he was the creative director on Splinter Cell Blacklist I'm fairly certain mm-hmm. and I'm I, a Batman game that leans into those stealth elements we have the Court of Owls kind of basically confirmed at this point yep. it's been in production for so long and after, after years spent kind of almost in the wilderness I just want Montreal to have a win you it know what I mean so like they, they had like the Suicide Squad game get cancelled which was 
set up after Origins. They've mm. had different things that seem to have like been started and stopped. I just want them to actually have a new Batman game in, in, in the limelight because, yeah. I think there'll be a fascinating Kotaku expose about the reality mm. of that development because I think, I have to imagine that Warner Brothers have pivoted the design of those games and cancelled things mm. alongside the DC films not doing very well. Mm. Uh, hence why the Suicide Squad game was like all stall systems ahead with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that just got canned. And I, I just, I have to imagine that they've, they've I think there'll be a lot of um, publisher oversight, yeah. a lot of corporate whims dictating which projects got canned and severed and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that is so stupidly overdue. Arkham Knight was 2015. The thing is, is like we had this this DC game universe get up get hmm. set up right from the start with the side and they had Easter eggs to the Justice League there. Yeah. Arkham City, Arkham Knight and Origins all had references to the outer DC universe. Uh-huh. Marvel's The Avengers could be connected to Marvel Spider-Man and Marvel say, Marvel yeah. literally <laughs> could have undercut like literally cut through what DC have been trying to do for the past um, 10 years mm-hmm. in the space of two yeah. which is and that's re- completely that's ridiculous because like obviously DC have been playing catch up to Marvel in the film mm-hmm. industry and like uh-huh. you said if they're really ahead on the games just just do it yeah. come on it just seems just, really weird just because the film didn't sell didn't do very well mm-hmm. yeah it may affect people may affect sales of a, of a game based on the same like source material but in the same way that like the the new bat like when um, what's his face took over Batman from um, oh Matt uh, Reeves oh, from- no no um, what's he called why is he left Nate Jeff left John Ben Affleck Ben, ben Affleck there you go. took over Batman and the characters everyone sort of went oh, mm-hmm. not really interested mm-hmm. anymore and yet the Batman games continue to sell it's like they they are kind of seen as two separate things as long as you don't make the games part of the actual worlds of DC that's the kind of thing that it, the- if they make it separate then they can just go look this is something completely different just, mm-hmm. just go and play yeah. that like this is if you want that. You want the MCU sort of itch, but for DC, go play the games. Yeah. That's sort of like throw the baby out with the bathwater mentality is very publisher corporate orientated. Whereas like as consumers of all this media, the comics, the comic fandom can be separate to the games, can be separate to the films. Uh, you know, there's obviously a way to pass those things out. So yeah, yeah. I think something's in the in, in the works, but we'll have to wait and see. Good, so Rich, what is your final one? Finally, a weird announcement for E3 2019, and that is that these Simpsons writers and producers are doing a panel. Yeah. Now E3 Excellent. is very much <laughs> E3 is very much a video game conference it's Mm. not turned into comic-con that's just everything right uh they are very much just video games and we haven't had a uh like a platform if you get what i mean video Mm -hmm. game for the simpsons since the simpsons game which was like 2007 2008 when the film came out a while ago yeah so 12 years ago um and that's ridiculous (laughs) and because all we had is tapped out which is a micro terrible thing which i don't ever want to touch um but literally right now i'm playing through simpsons hit and run again Mm -hmm. so it's like this is where they can jump back into the video game industry but the the problem with that is they need to focus on the golden era and leave it at that like playing through Hit and Run again all the references all this sort of thing it's like this is when this is the Simpsons everyone knows Yeah, they need to make sure they keep it within that if they did like His and Run 2 which took place X number of years after the first one and everything in the game was yep. based off referencing the, the latter series the ones like, series no one watched yeah. <laughs> like I'll get some of the references but not everyone will mm-hmm. and even now the show is turned into just referencing itself from the golden era so mm-hmm. they are obviously aware that that's when people cared mm-hmm. so even if it's not a brand new game it could just be Simpsons Hit and Run Remastered or I mean, the Simpsons collection of a bunch of different games together or, Simpsons Wrestling Remastered or like Remastered or, I say, <laughs> not even fully Remastered I would take Hit and Run in its in its old like yeah. era like just put just, it on the PS4 just put yeah. it out at 1080p yeah. 60 maybe upgrade the textures a little bit 
keep the voice lines, keep the sort of. I mean, the, it plays really it's, well. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Like it's like just keep that, just release it on the PS4, PS5. I will buy. It. How amazing would it be if they got the donut team involved to do the remaster and they brought across all the additional content that they've been working it, on? It for would PC make sense. All the devs do. No, the donut team are this own independent group that have been okay. basically making loads of mods and additional content oh, cool. for Hit and Run. Sleep, like given the the sedan like it's like roof and stuff and they've yeah. done loads of different missions based on different episodes and stuff good stuff that would be amazing if they managed to get them involved I know the, yeah. the people is it Radical Entertainment who did Hit and Run yeah. I know they've been very vocally supportive of what they've been doing so mm. maybe it could maybe the Simpsons are going oh we need yeah. to be relevant again quick let's do a game and I'm, I'm down for it if we mm. get another, another Simpsons game in the vein of Hit and Run and even in the Sim- the Simpsons game I really enjoyed it was solid like, that was back when EA put like enough of a, like a movie sized budget behind a game like, and the whole still let them have then. the same approach too you can slag us off as much as you like which they <laughs> did yeah. um, I'm down for that if that's a thing Something if, like, if, um, if it's just if it's just a a panel to talk about The Simpsons as a show, then it's obviously shown that E3 are starting to think, oh God, we're starting to lose out on people. We need mm. to get new people in. So let's open the floor a bit to away from games, which would be disappointing. I think if but... they were going to do, like, is The Simpsons that much of a get in that regard? No. Like, I think they would do a Rick it's and Morty not. panel if they were going to do that. Absolutely. So, yeah, but I mean, something like Hit and Run, I think, has a nice little cult following. You always see it gifted and memed and talked about, and everyone has this really positive reverence for it. So if they're going to do any one remaster from the olden age of the games, yeah, I would take that. For now, though, these have been our roundup of um, random leaks and things for E3 2019. Let us know your favorites down in the comments below or come find us on social media if you're listening on the audio side. And for now, though, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by you in person. Goodbye. And Rich Hudson. Thank you for listening or and watching. We'll, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Bye. 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 Radical. <laughs> Ironside. <laughs> <laughs>
Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW.